Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Andrew Moore. Andrew is a graduate in our Executive MBA class of 2020, and after his time at Darden, he launched his own venture, a communications PR venture called Narrative. In this episode, we talk with Andrew about his decision to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, the impact of his Darden experience, how he decided to launch Narrative, and so much more. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Andrew Moore. Andrew, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Brett. It's good to be back. It's great to have you here. We were catching up before we started recording, and you were kind enough to remind me that, yes, this is your second podcast episode. You had been on way back when talking about community uh, outreach efforts on behalf of your classmates as part of your community rep role. But you're here today to talk with, with us about something a little bit different than that. But first and foremost, um, how, are, how are things? How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. Um, we're kind of appear to be kind of at the, the end, the, the after year of pandemic here, which was pretty intense in, in Washington and then had an effect on, I think, our class and all the, the ones after it up until maybe this year. And so um, it's a it's a unique time and a, and a good time, I think, to be having this conversation um, today. All right. So, well, let's for our listeners who haven't had a chance to listen to your previous episode, let's set the stage a little bit more uh, here before we get into talking about uh, your venture and, and business and, and how things are going with that. Uh, but first and foremost, tell us a little bit more about you. What's your background? Yeah, so my background, I'm originally from Louisiana, but moved up to the Washington area for school and then stayed working here in um, communications and public affairs and public relations. Also did some work at a a tech startup um, and eventually really started to to drift toward um, the business development and entrepreneurialism side of things, which which is maybe not the most prevalent kind of thing in in Washington. It's a little bit more uh, government heavy, sort of a secure sort of business heavy area, but um, was able to kind of find that way. And then that's what got me interested in in Darden. And I think explains a lot of the, the kind of work I've wanted to do creating value for clients uh, through my own firm narrative since then. Uh, so I've loved it. It's It's been a, a great place to, to live and, and learn. Um, I met my my wife here. We live on Capitol Hill, um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and really loved my Darden experience as well, which was just across the river in Roslyn. Um, got to make a really great group of friends. Um, and I originally went there because of that interest in, in business development and. Uh, really just saw around me that there just wasn't enough of that in terms of hard skills and, and people I could learn from at the kinds of places I was working at. And so I really had to go out and, and find that for myself uh, and, and what I enjoyed about. So I did the executive program and was a part of the, the class of 2020 um, was that everyone had their own unique experience, that everyone was already at a level in their careers where they really had insights to share really practical things. And it wasn't sort of an academic exercise. We didn't have to do simulations 
to kind of figure out how this might work in the real world. You could just kind of ask somebody, have you ever been through um, a merger or have you ever had to integrate two cultures at a firm and make that work? Have you ever had to work with investors, you know, and hit milestones? So that to me was one of my favorite parts of the program because I really learned that way um, through that, that experience. And we had people from 28 years old, probably to 65 years old. So you really had just all levels of experience, which was pretty incredible. And I still work with many of my former classmates today. Uh, many of them are clients in uh, the healthcare industry and the, the science and, and research industry and others doing communications work for them, whether it's internal communications and, and strategy and consulting or external. How are we going to get our message out there? And to me, it's a very simple problem, but the, the answer is always complicated because everyone has a message or a product or an issue that exists kind of in this box, but then how do you get that message out of that box? That's always what you want to do. Uh, and so how do you do that? And the answer to that is, is really complicated. Who's your audience? What are your different channels? Who's the person delivering that message? And then kind of what's the best way to do it? Through words, through messaging, through images and creative. So um, that's that's what I've done for the last several years when I started the company uh, in 2020, working with clients. Uh, and I've been super happy with the progress that we've made. It's been kind of unbelievable to me that it has wound up that way. Um, I could have easily seen it going the other way, right? Um, many businesses do fail or they take several years to get to profitability or sustainable growth. Um, and, and we've been able to achieve that really after that, after that first year, but um, probably even less than that when I decided really like this is going to be my sole focus, sort of the Cortez, we're going to burn the boats, we're not going back. Um, when you do that, that really makes a big, big difference. Like this is the only thing I'm going to do. Um, so for me, at least that was hugely helpful. And things started happening almost immediately after that. Um, and I enjoy the a lot of different elements of it, but I think a lot of the things that I enjoy are the things that translate directly to clients. My my many of them, my friends. I love creating value for them. Uh, we're super flexible in kind of what we offer, and a lot of other firms in communications and PR here are not. Um, we love to be creative with our solutions. Um, I, I think that that creative element, you know, is important really to everyone. There's sort of a, a creative element that we just have as people, and we need to apply that to different things in our lives. And for me, I do that through business and in the kind of solutions that I like to, to work on and, and outcomes I like to achieve with, with clients. Uh, and, and then adds kind of a fun element to it. And you also can get other people excited, you know? Um, so if you can get people excited, you get your clients excited about what they want to say and kind of how, uh, that's, that's half the battle because they're going to do a much better job of, of doing what they need to do to sell something or to uh, to get an investor interested or to convince you know the internal folks kind of to come around to the the culture change they're trying to make, which is a really, really hard thing to do. Um, so 
that's a long answer to your question, but um, I sort of see it as a straight line, uh, even though it, all of that has taken place over, I guess, a longer, longer period of time. Well, let's go back just a little bit, Andrew. When you look back on your your Darden experience, um, what was your what was your favorite thing about it? What were the highlights for you? It was definitely the friendships that I made and um, the the folks I got to connect with. Uh, we all had in common, I think, that we all went there for our own reasons, but they were similar in that we we wanted to reach another level in our career and personal lives. I think that's basic, the sort of basic outline for everyone. You want to change in terms of your career and in terms of your, you know, who you are um, and, and, and move yourself forward. And everyone just did that in different ways. And we had a lot of ways to categorize that at Darden. Like you're a, you're a climber, you're trying to climb up in your, your career, you're, you're a switcher, you're trying to switch from one job or one industry to another, um, or, or you just don't know. Uh, so that was kind of the three, three camps. Um, I'm not sure where I even fall on that, but, uh, that was, was pretty attractive. And I think brought us together, you know, as a, as a class, um, when you kind of learn these things about each other, I'd say the most surprising thing that I really was happy with was that you're supposed to learn these hard skills and, and also many soft skills. Um, certainly did that. And that's sort of theoretically the reason why I went there. But then after going through it, the amount that you learn about yourself intentionally, I mean, they're, they're trying to teach you about yourself and, and help you learn these things was, I was very surprised by that. I didn't expect that I would learn any of that, but did. And part of it is through several different tests throughout the, the course of the program. Uh, some that are kind of like a benchmark and then some that maybe gauge that those changes. Uh, and I think even for people who'd done a lot of those tests before, just in the context of the program and with their peers, they were able to get much more valuable insights out of it. And so I still use those kinds of insights about myself today um, that resonated with me and in the way I think, like how am I going to react in this situation or, um, you know, it's it can be hard to sort of uh, exploit your own positives and negatives, but you kind of need to to do that and have that information about yourself and the way you think and what you value and the way you operate. Uh, and that was a really, I think, great thing that I got out of Darden and and use every day. When you look back at your experience, you know where you started to to where you where you finished. Um, this knowledge of self, the soft skills, the hard skills, all these things that you, you mentioned, it certainly come up here on the podcast, but what was the impact for you uh, for in terms of your time at Dorn? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the impact was just able to make, I think, better decisions over time. Um, as I'm thinking about, especially long-term kind of career goals and answering questions like, would I be happy doing this? Would I be successful doing this? I set this goal. Will I be able to achieve it? I kind of go back to, well, these are kind of the, some personality traits that, that you possess. Um, and so I can kind of gauge based on that a little bit. Uh, and then also tackling different projects 
it's it's objective oriented. It's sort of an objective leadership, and um, in those cases, kind of have to create a solution that might you might need to compensate for your own weaknesses or the things that you aren't great at, and find others who maybe are. Maybe I'm not as organized as as some people that have organization as sort of a key part of their personalities, just like orderliness, things need to get done in a, a sort of one, two, three linear fashion. And um, and I'm not that way, you know, I can start with three and then go back to one and it just depends. And But there are some cases where we need to um, work with others who have that trait sort of at the forefront. <clears throat> and that that's been helpful as I go through different client accounts and, and work that I have to do for them because it's always a unique challenge. But the the job you still have to kind of find a solution and surround yourself with with a good team. So when did this idea of launching narrative uh, come to you? Uh, was this something that you started the program with? Was this something that you realized during the program? That's a great question. I realized when I was there at the program that some people did <clears throat> go to school with an idea of a business they wanted to start immediately after. I did not know anyone did that uh, until I went there and kind of learned that. I did not have any idea of starting my own business immediately after school, but that's what I did actually probably during the program. Uh, and the reason was because I I noticed um, or had this this sort of theory about the market, uh, the communications market here, in that uh, the, the average person at a communications firm or PR firm is there for about two and a half or three years. And so there's a lot of churn at the bottom of the chain of these firms at sort of the associate level. And then at the top, at the senior levels, at the executive vice president levels or the CEO level, those individuals need to bring in new business and it's a constant a constant need you have to hit quarterly numbers especially if you're a public company or even a large large private one here um and so there's a lot in between that in terms of delivering for your customers your clients on the plan that you actually sold them right um and a lot of places struggle with that. A lot of places don't have good management and leadership of the accounts, or maybe they have some of it, but they don't have enough. They're kind of plugging gaps on the other accounts. And that's where I come in because I've worked at a handful of firms here in DC over about a 10 year period. And so, I have relationships with, with lots of people in the industry serving those clients at firms. And I go to them and um, say, hey, I can offer you the solution to help work with your clients. Uh, I, I get the kind of team dynamic, I can integrate quickly and be effective immediately. And so that was really the backbone of the business when I started it. Um, and today it's probably more like half and half. It's sort of a combined solution where there's that non-traditional element where I work with firms and there's more of the traditional client element where I'm working with corporations and 
healthcare, investing, um, energy, minerals, lots of other transportation, lots of other industries. And so it's grown over time in that way. And even when I'm working with firms, I'm working directly with their clients. And so it's obviously across industries as well, but it's just a different dynamic. So I've really loved um, doing both of those things. Um, I, I think we're probably the only firm that has both of those things combined. It takes a lot of trust to be able to step in and do that um, with these firms. And so I have great relationships with the people that, that I do that with um, and, and love that, that work because they also kind of get it. With, when you're talking to um, more traditional clients, the, you can really go across the spectrum of they have no communication support. I mean, even super um, advanced firms that may have been around for a long time uh, they may just have nobody who does anything. So for some of those firms, it's starting from zero. And, and at other places, you're starting on a much higher level. And so you can kind of exercise more of those advanced solutions that require more, more bandwidth, more experience, and more commitment. Um, because it, it does take, you, you can hire somebody, you can hire a firm like ours to help you. But we also uh, sort of give as, as good as we get. We need sort of a give and take from the leadership at these firms and a lot of buy-in to be able to be successful. You know, you can you can take the ball and move it forward pretty well, um, but we we need uh, sort of a collaboration. And so success is, rests a lot on, on that, that dynamic, I think. And you have some executives who really love communications and marketing and they want to do that. And others who um, are maybe less less inclined, it's a lot harder. And so there's a lot more education. And I think really what I do is I I generally don't go in and try to sell a potential customer. Really, I just I just educate. So somebody tells me they have this communication problem and I kind of educate them on what the nexus might be with a communications effort, what a solution might look like, what they might want to look for. And a lot of the time that leads to working with them to create a real strategy and then helping solve that problem. But I really wasn't going into it in terms of, I have this, this product or service that I want to sell you. It's just kind of a collaboration to help them solve that problem, um, even if it's just one conversation from the beginning. And um, that's kind of the way that I like to, to do business is really from the beginning, having that collaboration um, and, and it, it helps, um, when, when you do that, it helps in the long run. So what do you enjoy, um, about communications? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I like that. I do probably different things for every client, for every customer, whether it's marketing, whether it's public relations and crisis communications, whether it's public affairs and more of like a political lobbying type element to it, maybe just consulting. Um, Mark, I mean, you know, there are lots of different different elements to it. Um, so I like having all these tools and for the challenge to, to always be different. There are a lot of niche firms that really do one thing and maybe even for one industry. There are a lot of firms that maybe only do digital advertising for healthcare or something, but that's not, kind of the way I operate. I sort of cover a lot more 
space um, and and services and, and industries and things. Uh, and, and I enjoy that that challenge uh, every every day. And and I really want to help them solve these problems. And uh, in cases where we can kind of pull out a win where it's it's kind of a binary either win or you lose, I love that as well because I'm, I'm a pretty competitive person. Uh, I really enjoy winning those kinds of battles, whether it's getting your making your product or service number one, uh, or maybe it's a fight over some kind of an issue. Like Washington, there are a lot of what they call issue advocacy fights, you know, sometimes really, really, really in the weeds types of things um, that nobody really has ever heard of, but, but are important to certain companies and things and industries. Uh, so helping them get a win is, is great. Um, I, I really enjoy that. And it can take, it can take years to, to do that sometimes, just depending on the nature of the problem, um, because markets can be slow to adopt new products and, and changing services. And so can uh, the sort of political establishment here and the people that you need to influence can be very slow to adopt a new solution or a different solution. And so, um, but you have to start, you know, you have to start somewhere uh, with, with your message and have, have a well thought out kind of plan and, and then iterate as you go and make changes based on the kind of response that you're getting. Because today, when you communicate, it's really a two-way street. I mean, on social media, people can talk back to you. They can email you. Uh, I mean, they can call you. There's a lot more of an ability for everyone to have a platform today than there ever was before. And so that can be good and that it helps you optimize your own message and get kind of an instant result or some instant feedback. It can also be bad because it, it gives others who might disagree with you a platform as well. Um, but then how do you how do you deal with that? So you've got to really just think about all those things whenever you're going out there delivering um, delivering this message. It's also, it can be pretty subjective, you know? Um, success is different. The, the definition of success is different for everyone. I mean, if you're, are you trying to grow your social media followers? Are you trying to sell more of your product? Um, it just depends. And, and those with the, the most clear definition of success I think are most likely to be successful on, on the client side. So if they have an idea of really what, what those metrics are, what those things are they'd like to achieve, and they can kind of focus everything on that, um, then everyone around them is doing the same thing and helping them to achieve that. So that, that's something I've noticed um, over the last few years that those that have been really effective have, have been able to do that. How do you stay current on all these different issues or how do you, how are you able to operate in this kind of more generalist uh, mode? You know, part of it is uh, if, if I have a, a problem I might, that I can't solve or is really new to me, I'll reach out to my friends in the industry and just say, look, I have this, this issue and have you seen something like this? And uh, that, that happens occasionally, but um Generally, it's that's not a huge challenge um, because things things do change. But it's it, you know, I don't think you have to jump on every um, 
every new thing because there, there's always going to be a new social media tool. There's, there's always going to be something else that comes out. Uh, right now, it's uh, ChatGPT and some of these other uh, AI content generation companies. I've had a bunch of clients ask about that. Like, can we use that to generate content? And I remember people doing this eight or nine years ago and uh, the results weren't great. I think today it's a lot better, but there, there have always been kind of these plugins that would automatically populate your social feeds with content uh, that you didn't really review or anything. It just kind of generated it based on your inputs. And so I think the tools today are a lot more powerful. You can do a lot more with it. Um, so what, what I do is, is try to integrate you know, things like that where you actually can potentially increase production and sort of effectiveness. Um, those things can, can be valuable. Um, but, but you don't also don't have to be on every one of these social platforms or parts of their social platforms. It would just be overwhelming and, and too much like that. There was the chat program or the, um, the voice, that conversation kind of program that came out a couple of years ago uh, where it was just audio conversations. Do you remember that? I, I can't remember the name of it now because nobody uses it because I think Facebook created their own and Twitter created their own because they can take your solution and scale it instantly and everyone else has to build scale. Um, that's their great advantage, right? So uh, I had a lot of people though interested at the time in using that and trying to leverage it. Uh, and it turns out to really not be a, a durable um, platform, you know? So you have to be careful with that, I think, whenever you start up something new uh, to temper some of those expectations, you know? You think Jeff, GPT will have some implications for the communications industry? It's oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, it'll have a lot of implications, I think. I think people... The, the idea that it'll help create a first draft of a lot of content is probably true. Um, that, I mean, the hardest part of any, of a draft of anything is creating the first one of them because you're creating just something out of nothing, right? Um, so I think it really does have great potential, but uh, you sort of have to wait and see. Uh, I mean, you are seeing signs that uh, I think BuzzFeed, I think other news organizations are laying off staffers and they say that they're going to use more AI. If that actually works, um, you'll see more of that reflected in the communications industry. Because if the people out there that you're actually pitching to write about your thing are using this and it's making them more effective, then you know why not use it yourself to write the actual pitch? Wouldn't that be easier? Uh, so it, that would mean that it's it's pretty effective. Uh, so I, I think time will tell, but um, the growth of it has been amazing. And the interest of it has been, I've probably seen more interest in it than any other tool, any new tool that I've seen come out in the last 10 years. I mean, probably since social media, there hasn't been a tool that so many people have been interested in, you know, a free tool interested in adopting to try to increase their communications production capacity. But 
it's another thing that the inputs are super important. So where is that website going to get the inputs about your company? Well, is, is your website all up to date? Do you have all of your kind of key messages all written out, the things that you want to put out there? So if you have all of that done, then, um, you know, you can probably leverage it more. Um, but it's not like you can just say, uh, please give me the most important things I should talk about today without any, you know, and I happen to be a healthcare company. It's not going to really give you something that that is that relevant to your business. Um, I, I find it interesting that there is this sort of social capital and business capital to sort of authenticity and, uh, you know, handcrafted this or that. And I could see a world where firms and, and businesses are saying, like, we craft your message ourselves, not with an AI solution. Um, I could see that being some kind of a niche, like competitive advantage, you know, like we really pay attention to you and read everywhere because not everybody's going to be comfortable because if you're putting sensitive information into that machine, what are they doing with it? It's If it's sensitive information about your company or your messaging and things, do you trust them enough to, to actually do that? I mean, you don't own where that information is going. So when somebody asks, you know, a question about your company through that platform, are they going to get back their information that you, that you put in there? I, I don't know. So there's a sort of security element to it that I don't know the answer to, but um, is is going to be interesting. Um, but but certainly a, it can be a powerful tool for sure. So Andrew, where did where did things stand with your your venture? Yeah, so they're going well. We're growing. Um, growth has been pretty tremendous over the last two years. So it started in 2020, but really that. 2021 and 2022 were great years um, and started during the pandemic. So uh, that was a pretty tough environment. And we've seen that environment improve over time. Um, in some ways, it's helped in terms of um, clients and firms being a lot more open to uh, digital only collaboration instead of in office. Um, I mean, there have been clients I haven't met before. Uh, which is that's that's a completely different world. Uh, that that would never happen before. You'd have an in-person kind of kickoff and things, um, and that happened really, really, really fast in the industry because just a, a year before then, you know, you really weren't even doing um, video conferencing in a lot of these industries. You were doing just WebEx. You were just dialing in in a conference room uh, and and connecting that way. So that changed very quickly. Um, and I think this year is also going to be another great year, just building on the success that we've had. Uh, we're going to do some rebranding and kind of change up the look and feel and kind of capture some of the services and products and processes that we've developed over the last couple of years and put a finer point on them and um, use that to to I think be more effective and, and continue to to drive growth um, and maybe expand a little bit into some other industries as well. So um, it's been it's been pretty tremendous. I'm super happy with with the way that it's turned out, and um, it's been great working with so many of my former friends at Darden, uh, as well as they grow their companies. Many of them with dozens and dozens of employees. 
um, but maybe different models, sort of investor-backed models or or something. Um, and it's been great working with with those folks and kind of seeing how they're growing and learning from from them and some of their examples uh, and and their leadership. Um, and it's a, a really diverse group across a bunch of different industries that you know you wouldn't really think would all come together in, in one place, but but did. And so I, those different perspectives kind of together have been, have been really valuable in helping me kind of discern what sustainable growth is for, for narrative and uh, where we'll, we'll kind of go this year. Just listening to you talk about where you are, I imagine launching a business in 2020, uh, no easy, no easy thing. No, that was really tough. Uh, they say that businesses started in in down years or hard times are more durable. Uh, I don't know how true that is, but uh, it it seems like if you're able to deal with that, then uh, it shows like a level of commitment and resiliency, and it tells you some things about your your model that maybe uh, would be a rude awakening if you were only on an upward trajectory over a period of years and then kind of hit problems, right? Um, so overcoming that was was really tough, but um, I'm fortunate that it did work out. We're able to kind of navigate all the different challenges that come with that um, because the broader business environment, um, you know, does affect the the industry it affects what clients want to do, how much work they they want to do on this front, um, whether or not they want to bring on a, a firm at all. So, uh, but we're able to sort of get past that and uh, turn it in, I think, to, to something that's positive. And and this year, who knows? I mean, it's it's kind of 50-50 whether or not it feels like there's there's going to be a recession or not. You've certainly seen jobs kind of at the white collar jobs, uh, many of them get eliminated at tech firms, at um, you know some of these, even these news outlets we were talking about. Um, so that, watching that is interesting, but you've also got basically full employment as well. So um, I, it's, I think it's very unsure what, what's gonna happen this year, but after kind of going through 2020, I don't think it's going to be that bad. <laughs> well, how was your Darden experience helpful um, as you've launched Narrative, as you've grown Narrative? You know, it gave me a lot of confidence to be able to do this. Um, and I've seen my friends, again, grow large businesses and questions I really wouldn't have had answers to before. Like, how do you attract investors um, that drive growth, I, I really just wouldn't have had a good answer before, but I've actually been a part of some of those conversations with with other companies that were, we are raising capital and have been. Um, one of them is, is Alpeak Labs um, with, with Tim and the team. And um, we've been working on with them for the last several years and um, trying to create a better cancer screening solution. So uh, a lot of learning from the, just those personal connections and then experiences that, um, that they've had. And then um, 
even when we were back in Charlottesville last spring and met with many of our uh, professors there. And, and that was great, just talking with them about some of the, the problems and sort of the trajectory of the business. Uh, and they kind of offered uh, their, their perspective on it. Um, our accounting professor was, was one who was doing that. I know he's helped a lot of my friends out as well. And he's always super happy to do it. Uh, so it's helped in a lot of, in a lot of tangible ways. Um, and I think just the, the skills that I have that I was able to gain there and kind of develop as well, um, from kind of that finance and accounting, those harder skills that weren't as much part of what I did before have been really valuable. And we have, again, people who do that from the program who are just experts on it. And um, and some of them have helped me solve some of those problems. I've just reached out directly. And um, because for me, uh, connecting through business is just a big way I connect with with other people. Some are on sports teams together. It's very, That's very popular here in DC. Some, you know, maybe their kids are in the same school together and they connect with people. But uh, I connect a lot through just business and creating value for others and being helpful to them. I just enjoy that and um, have been they've been lucky to be able to do that with um, a lot of my classmates, even while I was just still in the program, because obviously everyone was um, working full time during the during the program. Um, so it, would, it could be hard to get on people's calendar, actually, because of that, because people had lives and families and were traveling and everything. But, um, you know, we're, was able to build some really great relationships out of it. Well, Andrew, one last question for you here. Um, what would you encourage prospective students to think about, or what would you want them to know uh, about Darden's executive MBA program? Yeah, I, I think some of the things, again, that I found most valuable were things that I just didn't know at all, like the the learning about yourself and that that's had a big impact on on my career and even kind of personal choices so I think that's a great benefit and that that should be factored in. Um, I also think the impact of people working at high levels in their careers and in their industries, uh, even if you're not in that industry or career path at all, is really valuable. And it's, it's sort of concrete experience, it's not abstract, and that can help you a lot in your career, not just having those perspectives, you know, in class, but building relationships with those people, um, because you just never know. Uh, I mean, I have many classmates who've hired several of our other, I mean, I, I think one person has hired five people from our class. I'm not like five people. And there's only how many were there? hundred something people in our class. I mean, I think one person has hired 5% of our class or something, um, to help lead a company, um, which is incredible. Um, and so I would say that you never know kind of what those relationships might lead to, but if, if you're kind of leaning into it and you're open about like your own goals and, um, you get along well and have similar values and everything, just in terms of what you want in, in life, you just never know where that's going to go. Um, 
And but I think it's always going to be a, a positive thing. So uh, for me, all of that I didn't necessarily, you know, expect or think about when I started or when I was just evaluating programs. When I was thinking, okay, how good is this aspect of the program? You know, Darden is known for the quality of its teaching and like engaging professors, maybe more than any single element of the program. And that was incredible. I mean, the, the teaching and the engagement from the professors was excellent, even on topics that I just like accounting that can be a little bit harder to grasp sometimes for somebody who is not in that world um, fully. Uh, that was great. And so I would have expected that to really be the highlight, but it it was maybe, you know, it was maybe number three or four on the list of things uh, at the end of the day, but but was really valuable overall. Well, Andrew, congratulations on everything you're doing with Narrative. It's exciting to hear about you working with your classmates and, you know, weathering, you know, launching in 2020 and finding yourself at a point here where the business is growing and you're working on lots of, it sounds like interesting projects. Um, any final thoughts before we sign off? If you want to learn more, go to narrativepublicfairs.com. Okay. That'll be my shameless plug. Um, but for those listening, I think this podcast gets a lot of folks interested in the school and making that decision. It was, it was certainly a hard decision to, to go to Darden, to go to any business school because it's such a commitment and you have to be, I think, at that time in your life. And so it took, I think, a couple of years. But um, <clears throat> for those listening, you know, there's going to be really great, I think, unexpected things about the program that you're able to get, get out of it personally and professionally. And to consider that when you're making your decision, but also, um, you know, the, the sort of long-term value of that is is going to be something I think really special. Um, and, and for me, it, it, it has been even just in, in the short term. So um, I think just having that perspective and um, considering it being like the right time in your life to do a program like that will, will really help you maybe make a decision um, with some more information than, than I had at the time, because I hadn't heard some of these these things that I was I experienced that were that were positives of, of the program. So um, hopefully that'll help some folks. You know, if they're on on the edge of making a, a decision or a selection or something, um, sort of have a little bit more information. You know, um, because for me it was it was invaluable. I mean, every day and kind of the work that I do, there's that Darden connection um, that that has been really great. Uh, and it's through those relationships with with folks that that I'm actually talking to some of them in two hours. We have a call, so um, it's it's been really helpful, and and that way I wouldn't have you know traded it for anything. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. It's always great catching up, and wonderful to have you back on the podcast. Congratulations on everything thank, that you're doing. Thank you, Brett. It's great to hear from you. I I don't know anyone busier than you, and really appreciate all the work that. You do. And that was my interview with Andrew Moore, a graduate in our executive MBA class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, and if you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We could be reached at exec. That's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, 
Be well, and thanks for listening.